Hello, everyone, and thanks for coming back to World Forge. World Forge is a podcast by creators and for creators, where we use random prompts to invent just about anything you can imagine. Together, we'll make heroes and villains, ancient monsters and magical cities, and our hope is that we can inspire all the other creators and storytellers out there listening to do the same. So without any further ado, I'm Piper. And I'm Sam. And welcome to World Forge. Do you hear that clattering sound, like a bunch of pebbles falling down the stairs, or perhaps some twigs rustling in the breeze? Is it someone playing a xylophone in the distance? No, it's a couple of skellies. It's Piper and Sam. Oh my God, is this how we're... I didn't know we were role-playing into this episode. I wasn't prepared at all for this. Hi, yeah. What do you think about us being skeletons? I kind of like it. It's honestly all of my wildest uh, skeleton-based dreams come true. Yeah. Um, Have you found your funny bone yet? Yeah, all my bones are funny bones. Oh, okay. That's why I'm a podcaster. That's why yeah. you giggle and laugh anytime someone touches you. Because it's exactly. all just so funny and ticklish. Exactly, yes, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, I. you know, Piper, now that I am a skelly, mm-hmm. finally. Finally. Uh, I should... I should probably stop drinking this tasty drink because there's. A, I'm leaving a big puddle on the floor actually underneath me. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, that's. It's just like when Barbosa drank that drink to scare Elizabeth, and yeah. then his coat got all wet, and I was like, "Well, I guess you don't care about nothing because you can't feel anything." It's a great dramatic gesture, <laughs> the first time, yes. right? And quite frankly, now I'm getting a little sick of it. Honestly, I thought it would be really, really cool and impressive, but like, I'm tired of. Yeah, we, we're just going through mops like crazy. I you know, know like, I know. Our little Roomba can't can't keep up. <laughs> yes. So uh, if any of you have any extra, like you know, skin bags, human meat, you could send our <laughs> way uh, that we could just graft onto our little scaly bodies. That uh, I don't even really know how we got here. Uh, well, but, uh, I think it has something to do with the skeleton that we welcomed into our house. I think you're right, actually. And then we became skellies with him. He put a beautiful curse upon us. Uh, you guys, this episode will probably not be this incoherent all the way through. <laughs> uh, no promises. Yeah, yeah no, no promises here. What were? What are we? What the heck are we talking about here, Piper? Well, if it wasn't obvious, Sam, this week's episode, we're going to be talking about skeletons. Yes. Uh, uh, something that everybody has. <laughs> if if you're ever feeling alone in your little isolation bubble, just remember, you have a skeleton inside of you. Yeah. I, I feel like I've forgotten how to podcast, Piper. It's been a long time. Okay. A little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, it, it's been like... Probably a month since we've been in the studio, actually. Um, I feel like we recorded a slightly sooner than that. Nearly a month. No. So we so you may or may not have noticed, listeners, we've we've kind of slowed the frequency of our episodes. We've had a few reruns lately, and we've, Mm -hmm. you know, ever since episode one hundred, I think we kinda we wanted to just take a step back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um we've got a lot going on in our lives right now. We're very busy, popular people. Yes. Very busy. (laughs) We're we're very cool. We have a lot of great friends. People like to be around us. Yeah. Uh, And it's hard to record (laughs) all the time when we're like that. No, we've just been very, very busy. There's there's been a lot of kind of real world stuff going on with us, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with work and with life and with the house and everything. So, um, you know, we're we're going to probably continue to dial it back just a little bit yeah. for at least the the near future here. So we're going to keep doing new episodes probably every other week moving yeah. forward uh, and then try to keep sprinkling in some rerun episodes in between. Um, if you guys have, you know, thoughts about that, if there's anything that you think would be a good way to kind of fill those in, if you know, you say, well, hey, do a 
15 minute episode that's just like an AMA or something like that, every, you know, every other week or something. Um, you know, we're, we're happy to look at other options here, but mm-hmm. I think we're just going to be slowing it down a little bit uh, yeah. while we kind of catch our breath. Exactly. From We've been sprinting through this podcast for 100 episodes <laughs> that I think we need to just... Whew, cool down. Well, we want to make sure that when we're bringing you content, it's content that's worthy of your time. Yes. And like now, because we've had this little break, we're coming at you hot and spicy with this awesome skeleton content. <laughs> exactly. Everyone was looking for it. They crave. were begging for it. And now here it is in all of its beautiful glory. Absolutely. So yeah, please let us know what your thoughts are about all of this. We, I think you're going to like the Skelly episode we got for you here. But mm. if you have any ideas about how to kind of supplement our every other week episode, if there's something that you that we used to do that you really miss... You know, we don't use the wheel of uh, the wheel of modifiers that often anymore. You know, maybe if we found a way to we'll do a regular episode, then a part two with just modifiers and that's 15 minutes long or something or, you know, I I don't know. Um, But let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter at, at World Forge Pod on Twitter. Uh, just please validate this decision we've made oh is what God. I'm asking for. <laughs> um, so to give our listeners a little bit of context. Yes, yes. Case, why, why skellies? Why skellies? Well, we sort of talked about this a little bit on Twitter, um, but it was 4th of July. I'm going to take you back to a yes. night on the 4th of July. Now, uh, like two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. There were fireworks going off. The streets smelled like smoke. It was awesome. Yeah. Sam and I are in the basement. And we're drunk and we are saying that we want to have a party with our friends where we can like watch a bunch of movies that we love. And one of the series that we always like go back to, it's a big part of my childhood, is Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, of course. And we're like, oh, we should have a Pirates of the Caribbean themed party. And we start planning it out and we're like, yeah, everyone has to come dress like a pirate. We're going to make Pirates of the Caribbean themed cocktails. So they have to have their own kind of reference names, like a jar of dirt and Ello Puppet and all that other good stuff. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, we're like, we got to decorate the basement. We got to like hang nets and fill them with fish. (laughs) (laughs) But what more important decoration piece of piece of decor for a pirate themed party especially a pirates of the caribbean themed party than a big ass spooky skeleton yeah. so that's how we drunkenly purchased a 50 dollars skeleton from party city at, <laughs> at two in the morning on fourth of july and decided i guess to make an episode about him and and all the other skellies that are that are out there just waiting to have their stories told exactly so uh want to give a, a quick shout out as well to we'll, we'll put a picture of our skelly oh, he wears a little captain's hat and a scarf and he sits on a little a little stool in our basement <laughs> so now. it doesn't get too cold yeah it doesn't get too cold but uh i think we're gonna name him vincent uh yeah. as suggested by our our good friend vincent from pigma vision mm-hmm. uh which is a new uh, World Forge, I guess, kind of sister podcast, a Spanish language version mm-hmm. of World Forge, essentially. Um, yeah. So muchas gracias, yeah, Vincent. Yes, muchas gracias. Uh, so yeah, thank you, thank you, Vincent, uh, for suggesting that that name for us, and uh, and also for. I don't know. Like, I just think it's really flattering that you wanted to make a podcast kind of doing what we do. Like, we're, we're really happy to have you as a listener. And we're happy to have had all the suggestions and, and feedback that we've gotten from you. So so we were happy yes. to name our Skelly after you. Yes. Yes. Uh, absolutely. So Vincent the Skelly, who lives in our basement. Exactly. Uh, and Vincent, our friend, who lives in Chile. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I first heard the recommendation, my mind was like, ooh, like Vincent Price. And yeah. I have to give my first uh, <laughs> reference shout out. I'm not even going to talk in depth. I'm just going to say, uh, if anyone is a Vincent Price fan or a fan of old cheesy movies, you gotta go watch House on Haunted Hill. Uh, If only because there's an incredible scene where a woman is down in the murder basement and a skeleton walks over to her and just very 
loosely pushes her into a vat of acid and it's just clearly like a skeleton on strings and she's like screaming and then it's the best thing ever so go watch a skeleton push a woman into a vat of acid in that movie (laughs) i love an old hollywood skeleton you know like it like jason and the argonauts is the same way right with Mm. the the claymation skeleton now that that was quite advanced no that was super advanced but you know you look at it now and it's like oh that's so funny and campy right like i i think skeletons are cute and kind of fun and i think part of it that that sort of perspective is informed by a lot of these kind of old hollywood classic movie portrayals of skeletons you know they're not i don't see them as scary right i see them as like spooky in a fun way yeah exactly Um, everyone loves a good skeleton yeah absolutely so i think that's a good one uh you know my first reference that i wanted to make here actually obviously i have to go the dark souls war i'm just gonna rip that band-aid off right away uh uh lord volnir from dark souls 3 or as he's kind of lovingly called uh, vape Lord Volnir because he's a Vaplord. he's a giant skeleton that breathes breathes like vape smoke at you. That's like one of his attacks. But he's actually a really really interesting enemy. He's a great um, sort of jump scare enemy. Uh, you you basically you go through the dungeons of Carthus, which are it's it's underneath this kind of desert and all the. There's all these like skellies that do weird acrobatics and like jump around and they've got these cool curved swords. They move really, really quickly. It's not really the way you would expect a lot of you typically see skellies be a little more kind of like slow and like rattly and not have as much like <laughs> dexterity. Right. But all looking this, like they're on strings. Yeah, looking like they're on strings. Exactly. <laughs> um, there's they have a lot of like kind of mobility, which I think is really interesting. And when you finally get to the the bottom of the dungeons of Carthus, you find this chalice that's made out of like a it's like gold with a skull uh like grafted onto it basically. And when you pick it up, this black smoke starts billowing out of it and it completely envelops you and transports you into this just pitch black room. You're just mm-hmm. standing on this kind of narrow platform and as you walk forward slowly is revealed the the shadowy face of this giant skeleton wearing nothing but just a crown a giant golden crown and these golden bangles on his arms mm-hmm. um and it's it's just this really cool moment that like you he just appears out of the darkness he's very uh, cool he's really really neat and he is kind of constantly like crawling up this little incline that you're on and slowly sliding back into the abyss there's a lot of really interesting sort of visual storytelling there i think mm-hmm. it's kind of implying like you know he's clawing his way out of the darkness he's trying to you know regain his power regain his throne or something like that and you're kind of beating him back yeah um it's cool and it's mechanically an interesting fight too because um you know if you hit his actual body he's highly resistant to most damage but if you attack the golden bangles that are on his arms Mm -hmm. those are basically like magically sustaining him and if you destroy those it it kills him much more quickly yeah um now, he's know. a cool fight. I've yeah. watched that one a couple of times. Absolutely. It's it's a great fight. Yeah, uh, uh Vape Lord Volnir and Grave Lord Nito are the two the two great uh Dark Souls skelly bosses. Although I, I have think. to say when I think of skellies and Dark Souls, I think of I think it's hilarious. There's that one area in the game where isn't there just like a giant ball made of skeletons? Oh yeah, and it that's, just rolls yeah. past you and like crushes you. <laughs> that's in the Carthus dungeons that's leading up to uh Volnir is yeah, it's it's just like little like wiggly skeleton arms all like grafted together into a yeah giant like wrecking ball like indiana jones style rolling ball of death well i just like to imagine that all of these guys are just like forever stuck in this big ball rolling back and forth and just like (laughs) 
<laughs> like it'll be fun for hopefully the first couple hundred years but even dark souls finds a way to make skellies fun yeah everyone loves silly. a good I, skelly I yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, two very good ones so we kind of already touched on this but i just have to bring up um a thought an observation yes. so the next thing i want to talk about is obviously the first parts of the caribbean movie yes in which all of our cursed pirates appear to be very skeletal yes so one question for you, Sam. Let's let's put on our little analytics hats here. Yeah. So we have that scene at the end of the movie, put right? Put on my little skull cap. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, we have that scene at the end of the movie where Jack takes the coins out of the chest and he puts two of them back and he pockets one of them yeah. uh, to give himself the immortality. Yeah. And we don't realize this unless you're paying attention, which is kind of obvious. Yeah. But you're not supposed to realize it until he has that fight with Barbosa and he gets stabbed and then he stumbles into the, the moonlight and we see him as also now one of these cursed pirates. Yeah. So one thing I was thinking about, um, he instantly, when he goes into the moonlight, he looks like a skeleton Jack Sparrow. And I was like, oh, I thought it was kind of implied that they decayed over time. They just didn't instantly become skeleton versions of themselves. That what we see them now, because they've been doing this for like 20 years or something, uh, yeah, for 15 long, years. Time, yeah, yeah, 15 years. Like that, yeah. Um, and so I figured like it was in that amount of time they've degraded into these like skeletal forms, but Jack has just instantly turned into That's one. That's an interesting thought. But I guess like if they degraded, then why do they have their like normal, you know, uh, uh, visage in the daylight, right? I mean, I guess it, it kind of implies also that they have, there's this two halves to them now, right? That's the curse maybe, is that now they have... Their true form is the skeleton. And I would guess, I guess that they just go right to that. But they have this human passing form, Mm -hmm. essentially. They only get in the daylight. I don't know. That's an interesting thought. Right. Because, Um, yeah, it it assumably, assumably, what's the word I'm looking for here? Assumably. Presumably. Presumably, yeah. uh, (laughs) Once you take the cursed treasure, the way you look in that moment, you just kind of stop aging from there on out. You're kind of like daylight form, essentially. Um, You age at the speed of a regular Hollywood actor uh, (laughs) across three films uh, filmed over the period of like six years. Well, they mostly break the curse after the first one. It's only Jack the Monkey who continues to have the curse. True. Keep up here, Sam. This is basic Pirates of the Caribbean lore. (laughs) Um, But so that's, I think, one thing. I love that it feels like pirates and skellies have always been something that's kind of visually been tied together like we see that imagery even in like treasure island and such you know where you go to the island and there's like the skeletons of the the pirates that they left behind yeah with six eyes surrounded by their treasure and stuff like that and it's like stuff that you saw in the original ride exactly yeah Yeah, these pirates died like the skellies are like you know reaching for the gold which they fought for and absolutely i just kind of love that um so that's something i may try to bring in when we're creating our scenarios i like the idea of an like an old pirate ship yeah. and it's got a bunch of skeletons i like the pirate skelly angle i think we're gonna say skelly a lot by the way uh you know what it means yeah we're talking about skeletons yeah obviously. you're hip you're cool yeah you can keep up with us um i yeah i like that yeah the pirate angle is kind of part and parcel with skeletons they naturally do sort of go together because there's this you know well you have your jolly roger flag with a skull and crossbones exactly. on it right yeah. um yeah that that visual branding i think is really great and i like being able to take advantage of that kind of a thing to be able to tell a story that people are going to understand right away or understand key components of it right away. I think that's a valuable thing to have these sort of cultural touchstones that let us just jump from, you know, from A to Z right away. We don't need to explain this. You just get that foundational knowledge right off the bat. Right. Exactly. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Who would, who do I got next? Actually? Okay. This is a, this is like a real world example, actually of a skeleton. I wanted to talk about just 
the the existence of bugs. Every time you look at a <laughs> oh bug, God. Yeah, you're, okay. you're looking at a skeleton, right? Yeah, like, that's creative. You know, that's the, <laughs> thank you, Piper. <laughs> uh, no, I I actually think that's kind of a you know we like to push the boundaries of defining these concepts, and we like to look at different angles. Like I I actually think that's an interesting thing that um you're always looking at a skeleton every anytime you see a bug. That's you know, true. the skeleton's on the outside of their meat. Um, Sam, you know what that makes me think cool, of? Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, I remember, I never actually saw this movie, but I remember the trailer for the movie The Ant Bully, <laughs> which is like an animated film from back in the day. Yeah. And I remember yeah. in the trailer, because the kid gets like shrunk down to ant size and then yeah. he interacts with all these ants. And there's like a scene where these ant kids are talking to him and they're like, wait, so your skeleton is on the inside? Gross. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was in the trailer. Um. Yeah. Was that a... Uh... Was that like a? So I think it's like DreamWorks a DreamWorks animation. Okay. I don't know. All right, it was weird. I bet it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's got a decent score. Does I, it? Okay. I have some of the soundtrack, believe well, it or not. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that I could take us to that place. Uh, <laughs> throwback to early rec room. Uh, the ant bully, maybe? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I remember watching the first few minutes and I was like, "Ooh, not good." Yeah, but I, I guess yeah. This is to sort of say, if I make a bug character, it counts as a skeleton. That that uh, I yeah. will accept that. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Or imagine a skelly that wears like a exoskeleton, like a, like a bug carapace as armor, right? So it's like a skelly wrapped in a skelly. Mm. That's like a like it's like it, a like a turducken, a giant beetle. And yeah, it exactly. Its armor. Exactly. That it's like a turducken of skeletons. Yeah. Very cool. I love that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. There we go. Now I made it into a real viable uh, <laughs> prompt there. What, what else you got, Piper? Um. So we talk about this show all the time. One of my all-time faves, uh, Over the Garden Wall. Okay. And my favorite episode is number two, Hard Times at the Huskin Bee. Yes. In which we meet the townsfolk of Pottsfield. Yes. And it is revealed. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. That all of these cute little townspeople who, when we first see them, are wearing these pumpkin costumes are actually skellies wearing pumpkin yeah. costumes. Uh, and I just love those little guys. And I think that's a really fun, cute sort of reveal. Because at first when we see them, you know, they're like, oh, this is off. Like, what's there's something weird about this place. Why are they dressed like this? And then you later find out they're all just dead people who yeah. wear uh, pop pumpkin costumes. But I think what's most interesting about them as skeletons is that they are continue it, it's kind of this like purgatory or afterlife sort of thing like mm-hmm. this town specifically is it's kind of the, the, you know you see that they bury people in the ground mm-hmm. and then they are dug up and come back as skeletons and then kind of rejoin the party right, right. yeah um i think that's a really interesting idea that you know your life doesn't end if there's some type of magical motivation whether it's attached to a place or a um you know, you, you, when you were alive, you had some kind of a magical energy or, uh, you know, a curse that was put on a group of people or something like that, that keeps them going in death. And maybe it's a positive thing, mm-hmm. you know, maybe oh, totally. they, they just get to, you, you end your mortal life and then you start a new one as a skeleton in this place. Cause mm-hmm. they all just kind of go on and they're like, oh yeah, like welcome back. We're yeah. join the party. Right. Exactly. I think um, that's cool. Well, there's that great line that my favorite character Enoch yeah. uh, delivers at the end. When he asks Wirt, he's like, you sure you don't want to stay here with us? And he's like, no, I'm leaving. And he's like, oh, well, you'll join us one day. Yes. Like everyone, I love the idea that everybody ends up in Pottsfield. Like that would be a fabulous afterlife for me. (laughs) I'd be like, yay, parties all the time. He's having a big like, you know, fall like harvest festival type situation with a bunch of pumpkin, pumpkin skilly people. Yeah. Yeah. Which 
Also, I just have to share, I loved this fun fact that I learned. Um, uh, for those who don't know, a potter's field was a term that was referred to a, a, a mass grave. Yeah. Uh, and so, hence, Pottsfield. This yeah. is a place where all these dead people end up, which yeah. I thought was great. Very clever. Great. What a phenomenal show that is just so dense with references, both, you know, real world and imagined right yeah. I, I love that show so much awesome that is a true early rec room uh, <laughs> a, a repeat offender rec room yes uh, <laughs> choice uh <laughs> over the garden wall go watch it on hulu it's kids show so there's no commercials yeah it's free yeah um <laughs> lovely okay couple couple quick ones i want to jump through real magic skeleton from <gasps> uh from okko okay which Yay! we just finished watching actually yeah um, oh sam i i like Again, talking about kind of friendly, fun skeletons. Mm -hmm. He's just a guy who runs like, what, a thrift shop or a music shop or something like that? Uh, he and his buddy, they work at the framing store. That's at the framing store, in yeah. In the strip mall, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the idea of a skeleton just being a person that exists around non-skeleton people and no one questions it. You know, it, they're just... That's just how it is, whether they're magic or whether skeletons are a thing that just exists in your world. Um, I agree. I think sort of... Uh, demystifying that making that mundane is really interesting mm -hmm. um and you can talk a lot about how did you get here was this always the case you know did one day skeletons start crawling out of the ground and maybe at first people were like ah you know like thriller you're freaking out about about all these zombies and skeletons but then eventually you realize oh no that that's just normal you know like you you learn to coexist and you learn to sort of see them as no different than the anybody else you would interact with on a given day after you know hundreds or thousands of years of this happening totally um yeah. and you know maybe one day in the story all the skeletons that have been walking around they just turn back into regular skeletons and you go okay that was a weird couple of centuries what happened <laughs> like why did that you know why did that be a thing that would be an interesting motivation for a story i think yeah totally um, just some weird necromantic experience <laughs> ex experiment that that some powerful lich or something like that was conducting far off that you just saw the ripples of yeah could be a fun angle um, it makes me think of uh, in one of the more kind of, I guess you could you could call it like a kind of political episode of OKKO. Oh, yeah, it's called yeah. Let's Not Be Skeletons. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a big like anti-gun uh, sort of reference yeah. and story. Let's say gun control. Gun control, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but so they have these, uh, they're called skeleton remotes. And if you point it at someone and you click the button, then they turn into a skeleton. Uh, and they can still like move around and talk and stuff. But at one point, uh, Real Magic Skeleton gets zapped by it and he like flinches <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait, no, I'm fine. I've always been this way. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah i like it yeah uh any other quick references here i got i got two more i'll buzz through quick otherwise yeah i also have two more okay. so um one that you definitely have to that's what are you doing I'm sorry that's oh no. <laughs> i moved my drink off the table that we share and then i didn't see it and i grabbed pipers by mistake yeah i was like okay. stop stealing my booze it's right. not even booze it's iced tea go on <laughs> <laughs> My next uh, one, and also just like a recommendation, uh, go watch the cute short animated music video, Dried Up Old Bones. I wonder if you, you wondered if you do this by Worthy Kids. By Worthy right? Kids yeah. on YouTube. It's very yeah. cute. Uh, he uses a like a 3D rendering program uh, to make his animations look like the old uh, like something in Bass. What is it? Frank? Rankin Bass. Yeah, Rankin Bass kind of like claymations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a really cute little song of a, a skelly sitting under a tree and he's singing about how when he's in the desert, he's never alone because he's yeah. got all these animal friends. Yeah. It's great. It's adorable. And like also just everything that Worthy Kids does is delightful in a very strange sort of way. A lot of the time uh, they've done a lot of like collaborative work with um they've had some stuff with the macro brothers they've done mm -hmm. some adult swim stuff yeah. they've done yeah uh some They're, stuff with pro zd i think yeah big top um, burger is yeah. on adult swim now yeah. i think yeah. yeah they're they're popping off 
Uh, and we love it. Doing so. a great job. <laughs> Check them out. <laughs> okay, the last two that I had. Um, one, uh, I'm a really big fan of uh, Phoebe Bridgers and her music. And I really like that her aesthetic is just <laughs> she dresses in like a big skeleton onesie. <laughs> so it kind of makes me think of, you know, what is it like in a world where you have living humans and orcs and dwarves and such and then you also have living skeletons maybe there are people that want to, you know there are there are members of the living that want to be members of the the skeleton sort of like cult or whatever right <laughs> um so you know can you disguise yourself as a skeleton through magical means mm-hmm. or can you you know can are, are there people who you know, sort of uh, like Dia de los Muertos dress up like skeletons. They paint their faces to look like bones or whatever. Is that something that's viewed as like a tribute to these skeletons? Is it something that's viewed as maybe a like kind of an appropriation? I don't know. I think that's kind of an interesting concept. The 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 connection between these groups um, yeah. and the, the interplay there. I like I that, that idea a lot. That makes me think of like a scenario where you might have to like pass through an area of skeletons without being detected. So I like the idea that a party would simply paint skeleton makeup on their faces and be like, we're just one of you. Or you, you know, (laughs) maybe, you know, skeletons don't have eyes, right? Like who, who's even to say that skeletons can see, you know, if they can see it would truly, it would have to be through magical means, Mm -hmm. right? Like their eyeballs aren't there. Um, so maybe all you have to do is hang a bunch of bones off your body. So when you walk around, it makes rattly bones. Yeah, to make the clackety right? sounds. Yeah, how would you disguise yourself as a skeleton effectively amidst other skeletons? I think would be a really interesting challenge for a D and D party. That'd be fun. Um, even if it's just a short little thing in a dungeon, there's a room full of skellies, and you're like, "There's no way we can kill all these." Our cleric has used all of his spells for the day, or whatever. We have to get through without being detected. Ah, just here, grab this femur here and just clack it around while you're walking by. They'll think you're one of us. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. a skeleton looks at you and they're like, that's really yeah. offensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Where do you get off? Yeah. And then you play his ribs like a xylophone and run away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that would be a fun challenge. Totes. To look into. Cool. Uh, uh, I got one last one here, Piper. Me too. Go, go ahead. My last one is uh, all of the, well, specifically Bone Jangles and all of the townsfolk from the movie uh, Corpse Bride. Oh yeah, okay. Most of them are skellies, and that is something where they their appearance is based on the level of uh, um, decomposition. So yeah. some of them are kind of more zombie-like; they still have some flesh, and yeah. you'll see like parts of bones on them. But some of them are just full skellies. Yes. And the only way you can tell who's who is like one of them's wearing a hat, or there's <laughs> a really cute skeleton who's supposed to be kind of like Rhett Butler from Gone with the Wind, of course. and he has he's maintained his mustache, <laughs> like his face is melted away. He's just a skull, but he has his mustache still. Yeah. And it's very cute. <laughs> I I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan. I I think that he well, we didn't have I just it's just not really my style of film. Yeah. Um I saw that film with you recently. I think it was this past Halloween again. I watched it, hadn't seen it for the first time in a long time, and I think it holds up well. Yeah. Um I love I, that movie. I liked it a lot more than I expected to after not having seen it since, you know, I was like 15 or whatever and I saw it in theaters, right? It um, was I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was the first film that I ever saw in theaters by myself well yeah spooky. yeah so, so very brave of you Parker. oh thank you yeah. i had to be very brave <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so the last one that i have is uh one thing that i was kind of thinking about too again talking about this kind of dichotomy of the living and the dead right i like when we see skeleton versions of characters or or creatures or whatever things that exist in the real in in the living world right um and the example that i thought of this 
uh, that, that I thought of right away was uh, Dry Bones or Dry Bowser from Mario. Oh, cool. Um, and I, I love the idea that they're really like uh, functionally very, very similar, right? It's just a Dry Bones is just a Koopa. It's just the skeleton of a Koopa, right? Mm-hmm. And you interact with them in slightly different ways in the world. You know, like a Dry Bones, when you jump on it, it doesn't die. It just crumbles to bones really quick and then reassembles itself and gets back up. Mm-hmm. Um, dry Bowser, you know, has less major mechanical differences but you know between bowser i don't know if there actually even is a game where that matters he's just like a skin that you get in like mario kart and things like that sometimes but Mm -hmm. i think that's an interesting thing to look at when someone is maybe there's someone has the ability to turn from living to skeleton at will Mm. and how do they interact with the world differently in each form right yeah um, um, when they're a skeleton, are they immune to certain types of damage? You know, I mean, skeletons like canonically in D and D have resistance to piercing damage because right. there's goes, no like flesh to pierce. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like that a like, lot. Yeah, or maybe you're immune to like you know you don't have lungs anymore. You can breathe in poisonous gas and it doesn't hurt you, or because mm-hmm. you're not breathing, right? But then when you're a human, you have more control over. You know, you're stronger maybe, or you can. Um, you know, you, you maybe you can't recover health when you're in your skeleton form. You can only recover health in your human form. Yeah, that I think would be a really interesting mechanic to put on a character whether it's because of a curse or because of an item that they wear or because that's just a, you know that their race or whatever is something that's trapped between life and death that yeah. brings up i like the creative um kind of problem solving idea that that brings to mind for me is this idea of if you like let's say it's the pirates of the caribbean thing right so long yes. as you're in moonlight you look like a skelly yeah um and how to use that for things like if you could disassemble yourself and then like roll your bones like underneath this gated door yeah and then reassemble yeah. yourself then on the other side you can easily unlock pass it pass yourself through a gate one piece at a time or yeah. you know or like in the movie they don't have to breathe air. They walk underwater to right. sneak into the, yeah, Ilo de Muerte at the end to ambush everybody or whatever. I also think it's really clever. Uh, there's the scene where they're all doing like the big fight and yeah. um, Will and Elizabeth, uh, they, when they're skellies, they put like a grenade into his chest and then they push him out of the moonlight yes. so he can't get it out of himself yes. and then he blows up. That's so exactly. smart. I exactly. love that. There's so many different ways to to kind of force your players to think about solving a problem differently right. based on just these really, you know, this simple difference of being a skeleton or not being a skeleton. No, like, you know, like <laughs> if, if you boil it down to just the mechanical differences, right, if you can kind of define those differences in simple terms, I think that could be a really, really fun thing to say, okay, you've got to get through this dungeon. But in certain sections of it, you're forced to be in either your skeleton or your corporeal form, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you do a couple rooms as a skeleton, you're like, oh, this is easy. And then suddenly, oh, the moonlight goes away. You have to be a human now. All the things that you were breezing through as a skeleton, all, you know, the poison mist and the, you know, having to breathe underwater or whatever. You can't use your skeleton form anymore. You have to do it. You have to find a new way to solve this problem that you've previously solved very easily. That I, would, I like that. That would be maybe an interesting, like as a DM, maybe you create sort of like an, a magical item that when yeah. worn for a certain amount of time, a person can appear as a skeleton yeah. and use that, like you say, to like pass through things. Yeah. But it only, yeah, works for a certain amount of time. After that, the magic wears off and now you have to just go as yourself. Maybe it's like a little, just trying to think of how to flavor that item, right? Um, maybe it's like a, a tiny little ceremonial dagger. The hilt of it is a skeleton key and you have to stab yourself in the heart with it and that turns Ooh. you into a skeleton. Skeleton, right like it will it, it kill means, you afterwards no but but i think that's kind of the idea is that it's like 
it's like imitating death. Okay. Right? So you have to, it, cool. it's ceremonial. Like you have to go through this kind of ritual, right? Where you're basically quote unquote killing yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And that turns you into a skeleton. And then that will sit in your, you know, in your chest until you pull it out. And that brings you back to life. Dang. Right. That's I, pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think kind of like finding ways to flavor that, you know, more than just like, oh, a ring that you slip on or take off or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that would be fun. Clever thinking. Another yeah. thing the that I want to key to my heart. Oh, <laughs> title of the app. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, um, another thing you kind of brought up there of this side. You you talked about uh, like animal skellies and things like that. Which yeah. so far we've just been focusing on humanoid skellies. Yes. Um, this makes me think of well, and Bowseroid. Yeah, and Bowseroid skellies. <laughs> I think that's a very interesting thing. Is the idea of imagine encountering a complete skeleton while on some kind of quest. But it's an animal that you've never seen before. Like while looking at the skeleton, oh. you can't easily identify it. Yeah. That's one thing that I often think about, honestly, when seeing certain skeletons of either like, you know, dinosaurs or yeah. like prehistoric mammals. And then you see the artist's rendition and it's like, yeah. there's so many animals that you would look at today, like an elephant, for example, it doesn't have a trunk. So yeah. unless the trunk left some kind of imprint in the mud and somebody found an elephant skeleton, would they yeah. think this was just a weird flat faced thing totally. with big well, or, you know, the kind of recent, uh, recent, uh, more recent kind of idea that dinosaurs all had feathers, right? right like, yeah. because you can't, because those aren't preserved as easily as, you know, bone is, mm-hmm. it, it took us a lot more like study and kind of experimentation and, and uh, like academic work to realize like, oh, that that's probably a thing that a lot of dinosaurs had, right? Um, I think that's really neat. I remember seeing once an illustration or it was a collection of, of illustrations of, uh, it was like a Triceratops or a Stegosaurus or some, you know, some dinosaur that were like, oh, we know exactly what this looks like. Right. Yeah. But it was like a hundred years of artist renditions. Yeah. Basically saying this is what we used to think they were. And mm-hmm. as we found more and more examples of their, of their skeletons, more complete skeletons, as we, you know, studied them further, uh, we realized this is probably much more likely what they looked like. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool to see that, that transition yeah. uh, over, over, over our time uh, coming to get a more complete image of what they look like. It is really awesome. I, I think it's cool. Yeah. It's really awesome. It's so awesome. So awesome. Um, okay, so <laughs> if we're ready to do some creations, yes. I've actually, yes. so I've, I've generated a couple of random word prompts for us. Yes. But I've also written down four locations where one is likely to encounter Ooh, some skellies. Okay, I like that. And I think I'd like you to choose a number between one and four, <gasps> and then we'll use that location to kind of move forward. Oh, so much pressure. Uh, I'm going to move forward with number four. Number four. There we go. Number four is Old Castle. Old Castle. I love an old castle. Maybe the <laughs> castle is the skeleton. We already invented that. We did. On our road trip episode. Castle made actually. of bones. Castle made of bones. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I like this. I mean, a classic place for a, a skeleton to be. Can I get a Can I get a juicy word prompt? Yeah, your word is twig. Twig. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So I think it's a... I think it's a castle in an old forest uh, with a bunch of kind of gnarly like dead trees. That's the twig aspect, I think, right? Cool. But I think it should be connected deeper than that a little bit. Maybe it's a, maybe the trees are like the skeletons, right? I mean, like a the the trees kind of are like the leaves are sort of like the flesh of a tree, right? Or right. the fruit is like the flesh of a tree, right? If the forest is dead, yes, then, then it's a skeletal forest. Exactly. Um, I really like that idea that it's like undead trees. 
Hmm. Um, I, I think maybe we kind of talked about this a little bit as well in our one of our Halloween the Halloween episode where we created the the haunted mansion or whatever a over, house made for yeah, the corpses house of made trees. Corp- yeah, exactly, made yeah. from corpses of trees. Yeah. <laughs> um, so again, kind of touching on that, the concept of these trees used to be alive and you know when a human dies it turns into a skeleton when a tree dies it turns into whatever the tree equivalent of a skeleton maybe is. it's they're, a they're petrified forest yes that, yes exactly a petrified forest so the wood turns more to like mineral so it's like harder it's kind of calcified it it's it's they've hollowed out right mm-hmm. um but they you know they can kind of rattle around and move around maybe they actually have more mobility because they're no longer tethered by their roots to this place that they've grown into over hundreds of years so in mm. in some ways death is like freeing for these trees because it allows them to kind of get up and move around a little bit more interesting so i have an idea for you um so do you remember hearing that fact that like one of the largest living organisms on the planet earth is a a forest uh, somewhere. Yes, it's because, in Washington State, I think. Yeah. Right, because all the trees are like kind of connected by the roots. They're all essentially holding hands. Yeah. They essentially form one organism. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking in sort of a classic, you know, like siege the castle sort of thing, save the maiden quest. Yeah. There's usually some kind of like big beast guarding the castle. Well, maybe the petrified forest is the thing I like that. that is protecting the castle. I think that's really cool because a lot of people would say like, oh, the, the monster is going to be inside there, mm-hmm. right? And nobody really realizes, no, the monster is on the outside. Like the castle is the safe space, yeah. right? So if people take kind of a cautious approach to it, that's when they're they're exposing themselves to danger for longer because they're creeping through the forest and that's when they're going to get killed by these trees. If they make a beeline for the castle, they're probably going to get there if, you know, be, because they, they won't be like in the shadow of these undead trees for long enough to, to actually be attacked by them, right? Yeah. The trees have to kind of like awaken and... And get ready to move, like you know, like Treebeard style. The, <laughs> the ends take a while to kind of get moving. Um, I like I, I'm gonna do a classic Piper and make it pretty dark by yeah, recommending. Dark. Uh, so you referred to them as undead. So yes. and they're not just like corpses that are sitting there. They they have a kind of a will of their yes. own. Yeah. Uh, and so I think the th- this idea you've said like the longer in your in the forest, the more at risk you are. Maybe we can make it like that swamp of sadness in Neverending Story, oh, yeah, okay. where because they are undead, all of these trees they they are lamenting their life that has been lost and there's so much sadness captured here in this dead forest yeah and so if you stay there the sadness will saturate you and you'll just kind of lay down and give up that means there's probably a couple of horse skeletons kicking around too you know yeah dude good old horse (laughs) skellies i think that's the thing is as you go in you'd see like between the gnarled roots there's skeletons of all kinds of creatures that have just kind of curled up and the trees sort of start to like like wrap around them yeah of pack animals and of horses and cattle and and you know humans and dwarves and you know anything that's ever tried to pass through this forest ends up becoming a part of it essentially yeah Yeah, they become part of this like mega structure of of skeletons yeah i like that a lot and the dead that like died around the edges of the forest because that those piles are bigger and bigger it's kind of become more of like a fortress so they like add to the the barrier that you have to get through i think it's neat too that these trees would continue to sort of sap the the trees would continue to harden over time Mm -hmm. right so as as organic creatures are dying here all of their makeup is being absorbed basically into the tree so you know the the calcium from their bones and the you know the carbon from you know whatever like all the things that they're made of end up reinforcing the strength of these great trees and there's probably one you know like 
mighty redwood or something at the center of the forest that's like the you know the heart of this tree um it's the most dead of all of them right and that makes it the most powerful right but if you can get there and get a cutting from this tree it would probably make like the strongest shield you could possibly craft or the you know the the bow that can fire an arrow the farthest because it has the most resistance or you know or something like that that could be a great resource if you can just make it there and back and how do you do that again maybe we can look at our disguise yourself as a skeleton kind of approach here yeah yeah this is making me think of and i wish i could remember exactly what the line was but in the movie legend uh, there's a scene where the the party goes. They decide they have to go to where darkness is to go save Princess Lily. Yes, and yes. I th- I don't know if uh, Gump calls it like the Great Tree or something like that. But essentially, the entrance to I assume the underworld, essentially where darkness is, is this enormous like dark tree and gump has some kind of line where he's like in the time before like the goodness or whatever the wicked would come here to sacrifice yeah and this big like evil swamp is kind of spread out around this one tree and it's a really cool like visual yeah. it, it looks more like devil's tower yeah uh than a tree itself cool yeah cool. but like it's very it. neat i like it a lot yeah okay so this is a this is a good start of our 40 days here piper you want to Take a swing at something now, or do you have any other thoughts about my my skelly forest? Well, so you've talked about your skelly forest, but do you want to go into what's in the castle? Do you want to elaborate on that? I suppose you know what is this? It, it what could, is this forest protecting yeah, or guarding? I mean, it could be anything, right? Like, I actually kind of like the idea of that just sort of being. Maybe there's nothing, you know. Maybe it's just all the legends say on the inside is this, you know, this great bounty of treasure. No one's been able to ever, you know, reach it, but. It's been guarded by this forest for so long that anything of value that was in there is either, you know, faded away or, you know, been slowly picked away by, you know, uh, ghosts or whatever come and steal <laughs> stuff. You know, I don't know, some, something that can pass through the, the forest freely. Anything that can fly can get in there easily. So all the people that all the adventurers that try to get in there, they have these great legends of it. And somebody finally breaches the walls of this castle and it's just empty. You know, I think that's kind of an interesting take on it as well. Yeah. Um, But I like the idea of it just being, it's just a vessel for like a conclusion. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. whatever it is that your party needs, it's just in this castle. It it could be in the castle guarded by the petrified forest. Exactly. Exactly. Whether it is a a fair maiden or a, you know, a, a, a wee helpless little prince that needs rescuing or a bunch of treasure or a was, knowledge or something is there. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say going with the classic sort of like a princess in a tower. Yeah. I like the idea that maybe what the petrified forest is guarding is a prince or a princess, except they are a skeleton prince or princess. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And so I they're like just like that. a skeleton person who's there and you get there and it's like that scene in, uh, it's like that scene in Holy Grail when you get up yeah. there, you fight your way to the tower and it's this little skelly prince. And he's like, you've come to rescue me. And you're like, God, how long have you been waiting? <laughs> I think you could have kind of like a tragic experience with them. Like when you come upon them and they're like, oh, great. Now I can go back to my life. And they're like, what do you mean? You're dead. And they're like, am I? You know, they wouldn't know that mm. they'd kind of faded away over over time. Or maybe they were always a skelly. Or maybe they were always a skelly. Yeah. yeah, it could be like a, a adventure time thing, like a skeleton princess. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's a lot of ways to approach that. You know, the uh, answer could also be if you're able to free them from you know, the curse that was placed upon them that turned them into a skeleton, it's tied to this castle. If you can get them out of the castle, the curse will be lifted and the forest will come back to life and so will they and everything will return to this, you know, verdant, beautiful, uh, you know, like idyllic little, little 
little town yeah. right, that used to be there. I think that could be an interesting approach as well. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So for mine, um, you need to pick through one through three Ooh. for my location. I'm going to do one for you. My Okay. Number one was Old Ship. Old Ship. We had I Old Castle yeah. and now Old Ship. You get a skeleton crew. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. Old Ship. And my random word was vacation. Vacation. Um, it's a skeleton cruise ship. There you go. <laughs> So I want to try and think a little outside the box because, I mean, I do love a good old pirate skeleton situation. Yeah, why not? So where I kind of want to take inspiration from uh, with this is I was recently watching the show Lovecraft Country on HBO. And there's an episode that is very kind of swashbuckly. Uh, It's very The Goonies. um, And... What's like kind of stood out to me about it visually is the main characters are trying to find the secret vault so they can find this like page, which they need for this magical book. It's not important. But the thing is, is that (laughs) they they find this kind of like secret passageway underneath this museum and everything from there on out feels very Indiana Jones. They're going through all these booby traps and these tunnels and all this other stuff. And they somehow end up finding this old ship, which is actually turns out to be like a slaving vessel. Uh, and it has all these like skeletons of all the people in chains and all this horrible okay. stuff. It's like in lost when they find the ship in the middle of the Island. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I like is this idea that you would find a ship somewhere where you wouldn't expect it to be. Yeah. Okay. The top of a mountain or actually that happens in the Witcher three. I think you find a ship in the top of a mountain too. Oh, neat. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think it just kind of adds to the visual fun of something. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, maybe I would try and craft this kind of scenario to be See, I, I instantly started going to like a, a kind of modern setting, which wouldn't really work for a lot of fantasy stuff. Yeah. I was like, well, maybe it's a bunch of kids find something underneath an old abandoned shopping mall. Yeah. Uh, kind of more like, uh, what is it? Kids on bikes? Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, kind of the, the Stranger Things sort of approach. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but so with vacation, let's see. Um, I, I mean, mean, oh, that was the mailman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we just heard a mysterious thump and I was like, what oh, was that? Is it a skeleton? Our skelly came alive. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, no. Okay, help me out, Sam. Where are places where people go on vacation? Uh, uh, okay, you go to Hawaii. You go to tropical places. Well, see, I'm trying you to go, think of some place that... You go skiing. You go... Okay, uh, well, let's go with that. Let's do like a kind of winter setting. Yeah, okay. Um, cool. Winter skellies. Yeah, winter skellies. Yeah, maybe um, this vacation, maybe the party, you know, you've you've just conquered a big foe or you've gone on a lot of stuff and you're like, we need a break. Am I yes, right? Exactly. Um, and you get a a mysterious invitation to the greatest like uh, tropical destination ever. <laughs> like, yeah, come, come, relax, sit by the beach, enjoy, soak up the sun. It'll be great. Lots of entertainment. Beautiful men and women, like all over the place. Just come here. And you guys are like, sounds great. Let's do it. So you, you love a we love a good beach episode. Oh yeah, honestly. <laughs> so you follow the map because they sent a map with this advertisement. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you're traveling along, you realize this is nowhere near an ocean it's not even near a big lake we're heading uphill it's getting colder by the minute is it near the dead sea uh no but that would be clever um i think you find yourself in a rather kind of arctic setting and everyone did not prepare for this you know you're you're in your your shorts and your flip-flops your fantasy flip-flops yes of course but it chills you to the bone Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you're like this is so weird you read the map wrong he's like i did not and you see when you get there there's this big sign it's all withered and faded and it is like it's like sunny side tropical destinations but it's like covered in snow and you have to like scrape it off you're like this is weird what is up with this place and i 
think you find this cool old lodge and you go in there and there's like ev- the, the only people working there are super old. They're like, welcome, welcome. So glad you came. And they're like, yeah, the, the pool doesn't work anymore. It's frozen solid. Um, the hula dancers left us years ago. Well, the pool is a skating rink now. Yeah, yeah but they yeah, don't have skates. Yeah. They never invested in it. You're like, do you have skates at least? And they're like, no, no, it's going to thaw out any second now. It's been this way for like hundreds of years. Yeah, of course. Uh, so everyone's just kind of like grumpy and upset about, you know, being trapped in this frozen place. And uh, I think that's when, you know, you start to explore things. And I, it's got to be a thing where like this used to be a tropical destination, yeah, right? Yeah. But maybe some kind of curse was placed on this on this area yeah, and it turned yeah. it into this like kind of frozen tundra okay. place. So, so the the story here is maybe the party finds a way to restore it to its tropical splendor. Or maybe they say, you know, oh, the people here seem happy. They seem content with their winter hellscape that they're trapped in <laughs> uh, you know and we we're from minnesota we know a thing or two about winter hellscape uh, <laughs> you know maybe um i think it's like probably run by an old couple and the i think the the husband is in denial he's like no it's fine it's everything's fine and i think maybe the wife comes up to you and she's like if you can please like figure out what's causing this like <laughs> i'll comp your rooms they're totally free all that stuff <laughs> you're like yeah you're comping the rooms anyway yeah. false advertising <laughs> and so, so this would then lead the party to kind of investigate things and maybe she gives you uh, a clue that says you know what i think it all started uh in the the master suite we've kept it locked up uh, for years um ever since this mysterious guy came uh like 500 years ago uh this pirate captain ruined it all so maybe go check there he was staying in room 237 or whatever yeah 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 and through all this like you know mystery investigation stuff you would find that there is like the remains of a great pirate ship that's like, Ooh, yeah, like that. it, it's lo- it's trapped in the what's now like a frozen fjord because um, cool, it okay. once used to be like a, a vest, uh, a passageway to the, the sunny sea. Uh, but now like the ice has descended and it's stuck there in the ice and you have to climb your way in and find the skellies I inside. Like you know, maybe there was a there was like a warm uh, ocean wind that came in and that was what made this this place like a kind of a tropical paradise in what otherwise would be, you know, that this snow is what would naturally be here based on its location, right? It's like mm-hmm. really high North, it's high with the mountains, right? But the reason it used to be really warm is because of this ocean breeze that came in and, and warmed everything, right? Cool. So maybe the reason that that stopped is because some great ice dam or wall or something was constructed that blocks that wind Yeah. and who built it. And, you know, was it something that occurred naturally? Did the, the ice just kind of creep up over time or was... You know, was there a rival uh, uh, resort owner or something that wanted to put them out of business that hired a weather wizard to put a big ice wall there to ruin all of their sales? Well, I was going to say, maybe this pirate captain had like weather magic of some yeah, kind. Maybe. And yeah, something happened to well, him or her. They were trying to hide or something like that from someone maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think they brought this curse with them uh, and it's just been kind of wintry ever since. I think that would be an interesting thing that they were running away maybe from you know, the gendarme or something like that, right? They were trying to hide from from uh, the East India Company, whatever the fantasy <laughs> equivalent of that is, right? And they went into this fjord and then they put up this ice wall behind them. Mm-hmm. So when their pursuers came by, they said, oh no, they couldn't be in there. You, clearly they couldn't have passed this. And the captain was wounded in the chase and died before he could take the wall down. Mm, yeah. And so now there's no one left that could get the wall down anymore. And this is just, you know, this resort suffering is just mm-hmm. kind of an unrelated side effect. Yeah. Right? So when you go and explore the area, you find this ship, you find the captain's log and he's talking about being 
being chased. He's talking about his last ditch attempt to, you know, hide from his pursuers. He puts up this ice wall and then that's the last entry. You know, right after that, the pages are smeared with blood. And, yeah. you know, that's the only thing that's there. You know what? Maybe the pirate captain stole some kind of magical force or whatever that okay. is the power source of this kind of yeah. cold thing. Yeah. And I like the idea that it's kind of like with Pirates of the Caribbean, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. there has like the Dutchman must always have a captain kind of a yes. thing. Yes. Like he took on this this power and maybe he couldn't control it. And when he died, it was just released. And it okay. like put that kind of winter curse yeah. on this area. It was like an ice sprite or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It needs, needs a, it needs a steward or a friend or something like that to attune itself to. Yeah. And I yeah. think, um, so the captain is definitely like dead and gone, but maybe yeah. his crew are like, they're skeletons and they're still alive yeah. and they're on the ship and they're just like, I don't know, playing cards or, yeah, of or dice or something. And I love they were the, like, I, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh, I was just going to say, I like the idea that the crew was so loyal that they're like, well, we can't leave unless our captain gives us <laughs> orders to leave. And he didn't say to leave. So you've just been staying here. Yeah, exactly. For how many years? <laughs> <laughs> like even in death, we will follow him. Yeah. Right. He'll come back one day. We know it. Yeah. Oh, you know what I love yeah. is that for whatever reason, the crew are all like now magically skeletons. Yeah. But the captain just died. And so he's like a skeleton <laughs> sitting in his chair and they're like, he's fine. He's just sleeping. Isn't exactly. that right, Captain? It's like. He's he'll wake up. Soon. They're just like weekend at Bernie'sing him. Or yeah, whatever. like different yeah. crew members are like using him to be like, all right, sorry. <laughs> I like that. Um, I I also really like the visual of these sort of like rime encrusted skeletons. Like there's just like frost all over their bones that you know, but they don't know you mm-hmm. know. And over the years, their bones get kind of thicker and thicker because frost is growing over them, and that's kind of like a natural armor that develops around them. So nice. if you ended up in a situation where you upset these skeletons and you had to fight them, they'd be significantly more powerful because they're protected by all of this ice that's grown around them naturally. Yeah. I think that would be a really great way to justify not having them just be, you know, like challenge level one or half a challenge level, uh, you know, enemies. They'd actually be like formidable foes mm-hmm. because of this, this environment they've been trapped in for so long yeah totally yeah Yeah. yeah. i think maybe the way to deal with the magic you have to interact with the dead captain's body somehow like maybe he has like the pendant or whatever it was that he stole on him but they're very protective of their captain yeah so at first when you arrive they're all friendly and nice and you're just talking with them and stuff but eventually you might have to infer that you're like well what we need is like in his chest cavity or something. It's yeah, un- it's hidden under yeah. his captain's hat. Yes. Uh, and they're <laughs> like, course. don't touch him. He's sleeping. And they yeah. like draw their sword. They're like, I'm warning you, mate. Like, yeah, I like He'll that. be very angry if you wake him up. I like that. And, and you know what I like? If the, if the artifact or whatever is some kind of like a living creature, if it is an ice sprite or an ice gin or something like that, you just have to attune it to something else, right? Like it's, it's become when the captain died, it was attuned to the captain, right? When the captain died, it just became attuned to this area. Mm-hmm. Maybe instead you attune it to, the ship itself or your ship and it becomes this how cool would that be if you had a a a ship that you sailed around in and it was constantly enshrouded by this like blizzard essentially Mm, everywhere you went you were coated in these like 
you know, this icy fog and hail rains down on enemies that try to try to besiege you. I think that would be a really cool artifact to have as a ship's captain. And maybe that's part of how he became so that, you know, that was what he was known for. He was renowned for always coming in with a cool breeze and mm-hmm. no one could really explain it. You know, did he sell his soul to, to an ice fiend or did he have some <laughs> kind of like fiend. magical? Yeah. I don't know. Like how, how would he do it? I think that would be really interesting. All the legends of this, captain that would kind of arise from this and you know he just allied himself with a with an ice spirit i like that yeah Yeah, maybe one of the ways that you can kind of uh help this resort town get back to what it once was is you have to convince if you can break down the ice dam first of all and you can convince the skeleton pirates just to sail their like take the curse with them and just sail their ship out to sea yeah and you're like just just go. You're free now. Totally. Take take the snow someplace else. Totally. And they're like, cool, we'll do. Uh, yeah. And I think there's a couple ways you could approach that too. Like, yeah, like if you can convince the pirates to help you break down the wall and leave, or if you can, if you can take that, whatever the, the source of this cold is and bring it somewhere else, because if there's, if this ice elemental or spirit isn't maintaining this cold here, the warm ocean breeze that's warming this area would melt the wall naturally on yeah. its own, right? Like something is is resisting that magically besides just the wall. I just thought of something fun that I would try to do as a character. Isn't cast yeah. voice a, a spell in D&D? You can project your voice of, yeah, someplace you, you else. Can do that. You can do that with like prestidigitation and you can do it with a few different spells, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing that would be a clever way to do it is you're, if you use that spell to cast your voice so it sounds like it's coming from the captain. Yes. And you'll be like, oh, I just woke up and... Sorry, you scallywags. We got to move this ship. And they'll be like, oh, Captain, you're awake. Like, finally. Well, so you know how you would do it is you would have to you would have to have someone who can cast speak with the dead. Right. So all of the, the you know, the the crew members, they're undead. Right. So you can just like communicate with them normally. But the captain is actually truly dead. So none of them have had a conversation with him. None of them know how he actually feels about anything. If you have a cleric come in and say, no, I'm going to commune with this guy and see what he thinks you'd maybe get into his head and you'd go, oh my God, these idiots are still here. Like they can leave. They don't have to stay. You know what I mean? Like you, and so you could kind of learn about the captain a little bit. You can start to, you know, you'd hear his voice so you could mimic his voice mm-hmm. and you could, you know, you could kind of get a sense of his, the way that he speaks and his mannerisms and things like that. And then you'd have to have this kind of persuasion check that would be, you know, I would say if you did this, it'd be bolstered by the knowledge you now have of the captain i'd give anybody an advantage on this because they're now acting like someone they've actually heard right so if you can imitate effectively this captain and convince them to go you know that that would be a great way to solve this and it's a non-combat way to solve this problem too which is fun very fun yeah so we have both sides of this you can fight them or you can yeah get in the captain's head and exactly lay him to rest at sea like he always wanted yay yeah. There you go, guys. Very Two fun. scenarios with skellies <laughs> that you can throw at your party for I fun. Like, I like that a lot. Did you want to touch on either of these other ones or do we want to like do one together maybe here? Oh, sure. We can like do that? one last yeah. one real quick. Because I had some, some I had a, a, an idea that I thought of as we were kind of brainstorming this topic that I wanted to touch on that I haven't gotten to explore yet. So mm-hmm. let's see if maybe the, the location and the... Do we have another prompt or we just have the two prompts? I just had the two prompts. Okay. So let's well, just let's, roll with the location. Let's do a location. Right? Um, what do you got? I'm going to just pick number two because I like it. And that okay. is a graveyard. A graveyard. Okay. A place overrun with skellies and bones. So this is, I think, a cool location to use for this idea I had, right? So, all right. When, when you die, 
there is kind of this there there's a there are different paths you can go on right if you are reanimated you can come back as a zombie or a ghost or a skeleton or you know whatever right but what if different parts of you come back as different things right so like your body your you know your your flesh would like you know decay away and you'd be left with a skeleton the skeleton could get up and walk around but your soul would also continue on as a ghost i like so in death there's these two parts of you now so you you're actually like you become greater in that way that now you have a body and a soul that can separate and go and act independently i like that a lot thank you I, i thought that would be a really interesting idea for our characters again like Talking about this dichotomy between life and death is kind of what we were looking at earlier, but now talking about another dichotomy within death itself. Yeah. Right. And how would you, how would you play a character like this? Would, you know, would you want to play one player play, you know, this kind of two bodied, this like split character, or would you say, well, one player plays the ghost and one player plays the bones, right? Very interesting. Yeah. I think there could be a lot of really fun ways to role play that. Maybe it's something that has to do with, they the the graveyard in this town it filled up you know it's like a very old town and that you know they just ran out of real estate and so <laughs> over years and years and years and years everywhere except for oh that that uh, forbidden forest is the only land left near town where we could break ground for a new graveyard we, we've put off putting our bodies there for the longest time because it just seems spooky but you know we're out of land now and we can't be digging up old bodies i guess you know we'll bury them there and the first person to get buried there ends up because of the magic of this area being reincarnated in the, reincarnated in this way. So a fortnight after they're buried, suddenly a bony hand reaches out of the grave and claws <laughs> its way out as a little green, uh, little ectoplasmy ghost kind of rises from the <laughs> gravestone as well. And they look at each other and they're like, hey, you're me and I'm you. And what do we do now out in the world? You know, <laughs> I think if you have that split, it'd be interesting if each half would take different parts of your personality oh yeah so like maybe one of like maybe the skelly version it has more of your kind of impulsive like more kind of angry side and maybe your spirit self is more sort of your philosophical emotional side or vice versa i think it'd be really fun to find ways to portray that as well like you know the, the skeleton if they're yeah they're your kind of impulsive reactive side they kind of they shake with anger and you can tell whenever they're getting angry because their bones start to kind of quietly rattle you know it'd be an interesting um an interesting sort of take on the whole kind of Jacqueline Hyde thing, but instead of switching back and forth, these two parts of you are coexisting simultaneously, exactly, but separated. Exactly. I think that'd be really fun. And you know, the ways that you could, you know, you could use the ghost to distract an enemy and the skeleton would go and, you know, attack him or, you know, or the skeleton can just pretend to be bones lying on the ground and the ghost comes up and gets him with a spectral dagger or whatever. Spectral dagger. Yeah. I think, I, I get, would get love... Get ghost shanked. Yeah, exactly. God, I, okay, I want to play a character like this now because I think this would be so fun. to Like, everything that we've talked about, I think, is involved looking at multiple approaches to solving problems, right? And mm-hmm. I think this is cool because it kind of combines both sides of it because, yeah, it's not a one or the other. It's both all the time. Yeah. I think that would be really, really fun to say I have different tools that I can use in different... In, in, in my two different forms, right? But they're always both out there working together as a team. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you, as a DM, I would say, okay, well, the ghost can pass through walls. You can get here. The ghost has to find a way for the skeleton to get through the locked door mm-hmm. to, you know, help pick up the key that the ghost can't pick up so you can get into the treasure chest or whatever, you know? Like, I think those would be fun puzzles to design. Yeah. And I think as a player, it would be really cool to say, oh, okay, well, the ghost can go into someone else's body that, you know, there's a, on the other side of the door, there's a big 
giant bugbear or something like that, the ghost can possess that enemy and kick down the door and then, you know, you, you all fight it together or something like that. Cool. I, I think there's a lot of ways you could do this that would be really fun. Totally. Yeah. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, another just kind of random concept that I have, because a lot of these so far we've talked about, like, there's almost always been these kind of groups of skeletons, like a bunch of them. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of there being just like one skeleton uh, in this graveyard. Yeah. And, Big bones. Uh, my idea is that maybe like there's this interesting kind of, um, I don't know, it was decided somehow that there needs to be a herald in between the living and the dead. Yeah. Okay. And so every hundred years, just randomly, one like recently dead person will wake up and that's their like assigned job oh, okay. by the fates. Like, all right, this is what's going on in the afterworld. Here's what's up. Like, you know, Satan's real pissed about, I don't know, you're not sending enough bad people down here. <laughs> he wants some more sinners. Uh, please send us some more like... Go go hang all your criminals so that he can have more to the army of his. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. kind of like how you interact with between totally. these worlds. Yeah. Well, I almost imagine that um, there's a graveyard and there's essentially like a, a night guard. There's a, a guard that is there and it's a skeleton. Yeah. And I think yeah. he like wears like a little suit and tie. Maybe he has a little hat and he's like, "Hi, I'm Jerry. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'll be your tour guide. Is there any grave you want to see? If you want to like give someone a message, I'll deliver it for you. And so when you go to this graveyard, he'll like take you around the cemetery. He knows everything about everyone who's buried everywhere. Cool. Uh, and you're like, yeah, we got to talk to, um, you know, Madam, uh, fine. Uh, where is she? And he's like, yeah, what do you want to, what do you want to ask her? It's like, well, we need some nanny tips. <laughs> and you're just like, cool, cool. And he'll just kind of like, like <laughs> kind of slump over for a second. And then he'll like rattle awake. And he's like, yeah, she says, um, uh, don't feed them sugar after six. And, uh, she also says, uh, uh, I hope if someone's feeding my fish. Okay. I like this idea that a graveyard is essentially a library for the knowledge of all of your ancestors, mm -hmm. right? Like you can go and you can say, oh, you know what? The greatest blacksmith this town has ever known. They died a hundred years ago, but there's this one guy who can wake his old bones up and we can ask him for tips on how to, you know, how to infuse our swords with the, you know, magical energy. Like we can't, you know, we forgot how to do that and we, we can have him teach us for one night. Mm -hmm. He can, he can possess someone's body or we can, you know, dig them up or whatever. And the graveyard keeper, if we pay them a toll, they'll, they'll let the spirit inhabit them or they'll let their, their bones like out of whatever, you know, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I think that's interesting. I, you're, you're checking out a skeleton the way you're checking out a book from a library. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. I'm, I'm more drawn to the, uh, information not actually the digging up of the bodies like i feel like yeah i feel like that's part of his job he's protecting the graves but this is a skeleton themed episode not a ghost themed episode piper he's so. a skeleton man okay the oh the oh the keeper is a skeleton The guard man. is a skeleton oh i see now yes okay, yes okay. it's like every hundred yeah, years so he's the bridge but yes yes exactly there needs to be someone who can commune between both sides and so he, you just like wake up one day and you are like damn it i guess i'm the chosen one <laughs> shit and so you just like get up and you're like okay and there's a skeleton there and he's like here's the uniform here's your little flashlight um <laughs> if anyone starts digging you know there you'll over the time you'll learn some cool spooky yeah. tricks you can do but yeah, scare them away, away yeah. yeah fight them off don't worry you're impenetrable so um don't let anyone dig up bodies and if people ask for help you just go down below and you ask someone and you come for back sure. up you tell them what they say you were miles ahead of me on this one i i did not understand where you were going with that I love sorry that. yeah that's what i want yeah so one person has to be the 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 emissary between these sides. No, that's, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I, I love that every single one of these has kind of been about this sort of duality. Yeah. I, I like that there's like 
positioning life and death either as enemies or as friends that that have to interact with the world in different ways, mm-hmm. I think is really, really cool. Yeah. So I, I think maybe that's a good place then to kind of put a pin in it. I mean, we've, we've got three solid ideas, unless you mm-hmm. want to nope. add anything else. Okay. Oh, good. We've talked skellies nonstop. We haven't. You know, I could talk skellies all day, as you know, <laughs> Piper. But um, yes, let's, let's go ahead and move on, I think, to the next segment of the show here, The Rec Room. And this week, uh, we have a, a recommendation for a lovely, lovely friend of ours and their podcast. It's Ben from from we speak common yeah who uh, actually just celebrated his 150th episode at the time of recording this uh we're fresh out of the booth with ben as well i don't know when this episode's going to go live i think it'll be a little after uh 150 of we speak common goes out sam you got to do your uh party blower imitation <laughs> Yay! happy 150th happy 150th ben uh seriously we love We Speak Common so much. Ben uh, is a frequent uh, contributor to this show and guest on this show. We've, we've loved having him on. He's got some really, really exciting stuff coming up. If you go and check out his episode, there's uh, some some uh, fun little tidbits from us. We create an interesting character and we kind of just talk about our process mm-hmm. for building NPCs and you know work our way through that in real time as we're creating something. And and I think, uh, you know, Ben is a delight. We love hearing different perspectives and his show is just so much fun. He's kind of, he's kind of morphed into this really new ambitious project, I think in the last year or so it used to be Ben and, and Joe. And now um, Joe has left the show and Ben has kind of, honestly, he's kicked it into high gear. I think he has a couple different formats that he explores where he'll talk about, you know, uh, stories from his D and D games. He'll bring on guests to talk about, you know, kind of creative stuff, like sort of what we did and we were on. Um, he, he does a lot of really, really exciting, fun stuff, and he's got some new things in the works that we think you'd love to check out. So go and check out We Speak Common on Twitter and on all your favorite podcasting platforms, and uh, yeah. specifically look out for the episode that that we were just recently on. That Yay. yeah, probably if it, if it's not his most recent episode, it would have come out uh, a couple of weeks ago, within the last couple of weeks. So. Uh, that's our recommendation Woo-hoo. this week. Check it out. Uh, check it out. Yes. Uh, other than our lovely guests, if you want more of us, Piper, where can our listeners go to find more of World Forge? Well, you can find us on all of your podcasting streaming services. Uh, yes. You can interact with us on Twitter at World Forge Pod. At Absolutely. Twitter. And you can send us emails uh, at world. We are World Forge Pod at Gmail dot com. That is correct. You get it right every time. I don't know how you do it. Hmm. No, I yeah. got a brain that remembers things. Good work. Thanks. Very proud of you. Thanks. Uh, yes. If you have thoughts about other topics you want to have us take a take a stab at, we'd love to. We have a couple really cool listener requested topics coming up very soon. Uh, the next few weeks, I think we've got. I think I think the next like three episodes are probably going to be listener topics here. So cool. Uh, look out for those. We've got some fun stuff. Yeah. And consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcasting app of choice. If you want to support the show in a completely free way, doing that and sharing the, uh, the, the show with a friend is the best way that you can do that. So mm-hmm. uh, it really makes our day whenever we see those reviews. And yeah. uh, we just we just really are, are so appreciative. So we will leave you with that this week. Uh, we we love you all, listeners. We are very, very excited to be back in the studio for the first time in a while, and we look forward to our next exciting episode. Thank you, and goodbye. Thank you, and bye. Bye.